Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vex on Vex podcast, number of the episode 155. My name is VexX. Today we are joined a lot recently with my very, very, very dear friend. This is Mr. Dave. How we doing today? What's up, brother man? Weird fucking day, sir. Strange day. Strange times, as they say. So off the podcast, Dave, you had sent me something very specific to look over. What was the name of the experiment, sir? The Milgram experiment. So I looked it up. Where did you hear about it initially? Let's start there. Uh, somewhere down in YouTube hole. Okay. Honestly, I, I don't even remember what I initially was watching. Um, actually, yes, I do remember what I was watching. I was watching a video on a YouTube channel called Audit the Audit. Okay. And it's about, they take uh, police body cam footage of, like, traffic stops and things like that. Um, that, that got out of hand. No shit. And they discuss... Uh, where the officer or the uh, other person involved could have done better, where an officer could have de-escalated okay. and, and did not. Is it, like a, is it an attorney doing the speaking? I've seen videos like that before. Uh, I don't know that it is. I'm not sure. Okay, so uh, I'm not sure who the guy is that, that narrates the whole thing. But, um, you know, just goes over certain things about, um, you know, these are your rights no matter what the police tell you, kind of stuff like that. Sure. And the one video he goes into explaining why a person would listen to an officer even though when they know um, that their rights are being infringed upon. And then he started discussing this Milgram experiment that I then went and sort of looked at. And very strange stuff. Very strange stuff. And it just lends itself to exactly... It, you know, the the whole mentality of I was just doing my job and how obedient people will actually be under certain circumstances. It's very strange. Now, the Milgram I had never heard of previously. When you sent it to me, I did a little bit of research yesterday, which we'll explain to the, the audience in a moment. But what the thing that I found interesting is the Stafford prison experiment, which I had heard of. And there's a film about the two professors know each other. Okay. So they're both college fucking thing uh, experiments. The college yeah. fucking things are experiments. And this guy knew my guy. Okay. So do you want to explain the Milgram or do you want me to explain it? Uh, we'll let you take over. Go ahead. Oh, oh, oh. All right. The gist of it is. And if, you know, if there's things I'll throw in if you need it. I might mess it up because I just learned about it yesterday. That's cool. I, that's pretty new to me too. So everybody who's involved in said experiment, they were told no matter what happens, you are going to get paid. Correct. Under any circumstances. So if you don't, they didn't say anything. No matter what, you're getting paid, right? That's the gift. Yes. They take, there's a controller, right? And then yes. there's somebody who's being controlled. There are three people in the event. There's the person they call the experimenter, which is basically the guy in the lab coat uh, running the experiment. And they said putting a lab coat on was an ideal part of it. Or, or it absolutely is because it somehow adds to the credence. illusion of authority. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, after that, there is a what they call a learner and what they call a teacher. That's it. There's two positions. Um, now, they said it was rigged. The teacher rigged. was always going to be the teacher and the yes. learner was always going to be the learner. And the learner was in on it and the teacher was not. Correct. Okay, continue. Um, they, they made it sound random. Uh, to the know, participants. To the participants. However, it was not. Um, the experimenter and the learner were both in on it. And knew what was going on, whereas the person in the teacher position yes. was not. Yes. Um, they made it so that the teacher position, while they made it sound like it was going to be like, oh, we're going to draw straws and see which one of you is the teacher and the learner, 
Um, it's it's rigged. The person volunteering that wasn't in on the experiment always, the always got landed as the teacher. So there's a chance that you're not going to be the teacher. That was the thing. Correct. Now, here's what it breaks down to. They sit down, the teacher and the learner. It's kind of, did you remember Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's almost exactly like that. It is the beginning yeah. scene of the first Ghostbusters. And Couple he's, of wavy lines. <laughs> there's like, there's like, I'm trying to teach you how to say certain words in a certain order. Right. And if you get it incorrect, I turn on the voltage in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And then mathematically, the voltage keeps increasing, increasing, increasing. Right. The trick of it is there is no voltage. Right. The, the learner is acting. Is acting. Ah! Ah! But there's nothing happening. Now... As the teacher being advised by the person in the lab coat, they really could have stopped at any time and not shocked the other person. Right. And they said 100% of the time, they did not stop. They said 100% of the time. Um, and again, the voltage increased from like two volts. And I think the maximum that they listed was like 450. Which is an obscene amount of voltage. If you're an electrician, you know this it's shit. It's quite a bit, yes. It would, if it didn't kill you, it would... You would know about it mm -hmm. real bad. Um, to do that, they said that 100% of the people took it up to 300 volts. Now, there is a wrinkle in the experiment that says after 300 volts, the learner completely stops responding. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. That the questions continue to be asked, and the learner then... Come, just refuses to respond anymore. Okay. Past that point, which qualifies as an incorrect answer. So you should have to be shocked. And again and again. Uh, 100% of the people went up to 300 volts when the learner stops responding. No matter what. Knowing okay. that they would still get paid regardless right. at and, the end. And something like 26% of people took it all the way to 450. Jesus. But every single person went up to and beyond 300 volts. <laughs> Just because they were told. So, and again, I got to stress this for a fifth fucking time. You got paid regardless. Correct. Like, it wasn't like a thing, oh, I'm doing this for the money. No, and that I was, again, that was, that was part of the part of the illusion that they created. That there was basically no consequence. At all. For you saying, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. Now, in your heart, do you feel you would have said, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me? Or do you feel like you would have listened? Uh, I know what, knowing what I know and knowing as an electrician what certain voltages feel like. You got to think of yourself as a 19-year-old fucking college student. Right. And I have trouble separating myself from that. Okay. But at the same time, I think... I think, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I probably would have kept it going until I felt like it was causing significant harm. Really? Yeah, probably. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I feel like I pretty early on, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, was yeah. part of my mantra. Now, however, there is a point which they discuss in the experiment that... Um, you know, the the actor is is embellishing the reaction. Yeah, they said that. The they shot. said that. They said that. Um, so depending on that embellishment, I think may have changed my decision. Oh. If I got it to a hundred volts and I felt like the person was really struggling, yeah, kiss my ass. I'm not going to do what yeah. you tell me. 
the other, and you're the other thing is the other thing is once they hit that 300 volts, when people were iffy about it, they said there was a list of prompts that the experimenter was giving them, trying to force them to continue. Sure. So even when people were questioned, like, "Hey, I don't know if I want to keep doing this," the experimenter is pushing the issue. Okay. And there were literally. Uh, pre-written prompts that they gave an order like one a little more aggressive than sure, the next sure, of course. to try and get them to continue. And I think once that started, if I got to that point where a dude is now pushing me to do something, absolutely not. Once I start getting that pushback to something I'm not comfortable with, I will. that's immediate shutdown. You Fuck you, no. <laughs> now, do you know anything about the Stafford experiment at all? I do not. They made a film about it. This also happened in the 70s. It's after Milgram. Milgram's okay. first, Stafford's second. I didn't watch the video I had sent you because I knew about it before. So okay. if I mess up some of the details, I do apologize in advance. But the gist of it is this. I believe it's like 48 hours is the experiment. I believe. It's like a, over a long weekend or something of that nature. They take four or five college kids who signed up and they're going to get paid if they make the 48 hours, right? No, four days, 24, 40, yeah, 24, 48. So 102, no, 96, 96 hours is what I believe it is. So in the 96 hours, you are a prisoner, air quotes, and you're incarcerated, which just means they're locking you in an office in one of the buildings. It right. isn't like you're in prison, right? And then they got a myriad of college kids to be the guards and gave them uniforms and like billy clubs and like the glasses and the whole fucking thing, mm -hmm. like the glasses, right? And they fucking, they said by like day two, they were straight abusing the prisoners, knowing they weren't prisoners. Yeah. They were fucking colleges just like you. It's way darker. And they made a film about that shit. They were like being fucked up bad, yeah. like mental abuse. And they said, because you're made the authority that you feel like your shit doesn't stink and you can run shit. It's like a whole thing. Right. What are your thoughts, sir? So I think people are going to sort of I think there is a human nature to segregate yourself into groups. That makes I think, sense. I think that's just a thing. As much as we want to, you know, talk about inclusion in today's society, I think it's part of human nature that you want to be on a team. Yeah. Yeah. Grouped together as, as a, you know, you don't most people don't want to be the, the outlier. The loner. Yeah. That's Most a thing. Don't want it's a be. negative. There's a negative connotation of that. There is. <laughs> and I don't know why, but... I know why. If you don't mind me No, go ahead. We're sociable creatures. Yeah. So technically, even if you're like a nerd in high school, which I happen to have been, if you hang out with other nerds, at least you have friends. Right. And you can discuss music and art and girls and shit that matters. If you're the loner kid by yourself... You're just a fucking loner kid. Grow to be too many McVeigh and blow up fucking buildings and shit. Yeah. Like, so there, it's just, we're social creatures. Even if you're not on the hierarchy of being popular, air quotes, right? You're in the fucking game because you got friends. And the funny thing is that you say that, you mentioned like Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Like, that is what we are conditioned in our heads to picture the loner as. The loner guy is Timothy McVeigh. The loner guy is Ted Kaczynski. You know what I mean? Is it conditioning, or is it just it's the most extreme version we can think of as an example? Look, for all you know, there's a thousand learners out there that don't like people and just go to work and then sit in their apartment. All right, we're going to discuss this. You ready for something? Yes, I am. I have made a fucking lifetime out of collecting these people. I see them. I see myself in them. I throw our arm around them, and I make them part of our thing. 
Now, every roadie we've ever had was a loner at one point or another. And now they're, they're included with the part of the fucking team. And I would hope that A, we're getting a road crew out of it, which is awesome. And B, they feel like they're fucking a part of something. Right. So no, 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 no. I, 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 I see them everywhere. And I, and I personally have just collected those people in my life. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I, I don't, I, in my humble opinion, it doesn't mean I'm right. I, I probably am though. There, because we're sociable creatures, nobody wants to be completely alone. Somebody right. wants every pot has a lid. Not boyfriend, girlfriend shit. I'm just saying, generally speaking, right. like this is somebody that gets me and I get them. The, the Tim, Tim, Timothy McVeigh was an extreme example. Kaczynski's also extreme. Then uh, we're going to spin off, and I apologize in advance. This is what we do, dude. Just do your thing. The fucking, <laughs> the whole Kaczynski thing, a lot of what he wrote in his diatribe yeah. is coming accurately. Very 100%. close to accurate. 100%. He saw way down the aisle, yeah. like where it was coming. How do you feel about that? It kind of fucks me up in my head that he saw this. So the thing is, as strange and outlandish and, and loner as he was, yes. what you can't deny is that the man was insanely intelligent. Brilliant. He was a brilliant man. Yeah. And, you know, steered down the right path probably could have done something great for the world. But I think, I think. He saw it. I don't think this was any type of guess or prediction. I think he knew it was going down. I think he read into it and, and understood it, and it is what's happening now but pretty much. But 35 years ago, he understood this. Yeah. And the technology didn't exist. Yeah, according to who? To, to, to us. Like, what to do you us, mean? correct. But you have to understand that people with that much knowledge have to realize that perhaps it does exist. Well, all right. All right. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to pay double Okay. Here's, here's why I say that. Yes. Right? Because we now know that from declassified government documents, the SR-71, Blackbird, the airplane, the first airplane capable of faster than speed of sound travel. Okay. The government had that for 45 years before anybody knew anything about it in the general public. That can be used as a weapon. That existed for 45 years. But that can be used as a weapon. You're missing the point a little. Right. Social networking. But what I'm saying is there are entities out there that are holding this shit in tow that people like us of the general public do not know about. And how far has technology advanced somewhere locked in Area 51? That we have no clue. Well, here now you spun me again. Breaking the sound barrier forty-five years before anybody knew it was a thing. Half a century, bro. All right. Do you think we've been dabbled with from an external source of advanced knowledge and technology? Are you saying aliens? I'm asking. There's two theories on the aliens too. You know, I have a very interesting one because someone proposed this theory to me, and I've never been able to find too much fault. All right, let me give you these two that I have, and then you're going to tell me the one you have, okay? okay? The basic one is, hi, we're from a billion years, light years away, we're right. visiting. The other theory that's taking hold recently is that they're us a million years from now. Correct, and, and that's the theory that I was... So, yeah, t- tell me, I want to hear it, I want to hear it. <clears throat> so, this was brought to me by, and I'm going to tell you, I was... 16 or 17. So a long time ago. So this is like 96. Okay. When this girl brought this theory to me. And again, I still haven't found any fault in it. Uh, she said that if you look at the majority of what, when we when people talk about alien abduction or witnessing aliens, what do we generally see them as? And you see them as being uh, like what they refer to in the, that community as like 
the greys. Yes. The grey aliens. Yes. Why do they look like that? Tiny little gray body with big giant head and black eyes, right? We've all seen the picture. We sure. know what that is. Sure. A thousand years in the future. Are we going to need physical strength? No. No. Everything. We need it now. Let's be our technology now is basically run without physical strength. Truth. It's going to be controlled at that point by basically almost telepathy. You'll be able to just do things with your mind. Sure. So therefore, your head now gets you. You have a giant brain and a tiny little frail body. Again, that's the description of these things. We sit here and we talk about... Uh, climate change and effects on our environment and greenhouse gases and things like that, destruction of the ozone layer. After so many years, you now develop traits to adapt to that so that your species can evolve and exist, right? Yes. If the sun is, in a way, blacked out, you're not getting that level of sunlight that you're used to, after a thousand years, what's your skin going to look like? It's probably going to turn pale or gray. Okay. The other reason for that, that also covers the, the large black eyes, is that the ozone layer is completely gone. Okay. And the body is defending itself from the massive amounts of UV radiation that you're getting hit with. Okay. The eyes have shielded over and gone black to protect themselves from this. The skin has become something different so that it doesn't absorb rays the same way that we do now. Okay. Again, none of this I can find fault in. This all sounds logical it to does. me. And the belief is that these people are, in fact, human or at least humanoid from the future and have figured out time travel. Now, here's the wrinkle, my friend. Dun, 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 dun. There's a physicist. Okay, it's not my theory. It's a physicist. Don't get mad at me. Time travel, air quotes, has not been invented yet. Because if it had been invented, there was now a, a highway, for better terminology, or a road right. from point A to point B. Right. Which means everything would be changing constantly. So if they didn't like that Trump was president when he was, right. somebody would have already come back and, and, and assassinated him and made it not a possibility. If they didn't like how the economy went with Biden the way it happens to be or from COVID or something like that, right. they would have already augmented it. That's the theory. Because that's not happening with every single day where it's all just changing and changing and changing, that means the road has not yet been constructed, at least in our timeline, to get to them. So the theory is if time travels invented on January 1st of 2023 – from that point, going anywhere forward, the roadway exists to come back and forth and back and forth. No, hold, I, on, I hold on, hold on. Okay. Let me finish. Because they're saying the humanoid people are us, and we haven't, air quotes, invented time travel yet that we know of, there's no roadway yet for them to get from that point to this point. So you go ahead. What's your retort? So my retort to that would have to be that um, the things you mentioned. Yes. Okay. The things... Trump's presidency, uh, the economy and Biden being president, uh, COVID, things like that. Sure. Even let's go further back and talk about things like JFK or yeah, all of that. In the grand scheme, these are large events in our lifetime. Yes. However, knowing what the future holds in 2000, 3000 years, 
These are all minor inconsequential details. I'm not saying that. This is not what they're going to come back and change. To us, these changes may be imperceptible in our lifetime to me because they're operating on such a more grandiose scale. Okay. I here's a question. Just to put it this way, let's say let's say you go out to cut your grass tomorrow and you step on an anthill. It's fairly inconsequential to you, isn't it? Yes. Not to those ants. They're not sentient beings, however. Even if they were, it would destroy their whole way of existence. But you'd never bat an eye about it. Well, I think about things like that sometimes. Right. That's what we're talking about here. So, on a much grander scale, you see what I'm saying? Well, no, but These you, things may be imperceptible in a lifetime to people like us. But you're not hearing what I'm saying. You kind of, You kind of stepped away from it. The point is, for it to exist for them to come backward and not make any changes, that means somebody right now understands how to go that direction. How do you know they didn't? No, no, no. I'm not, you're not hearing me because nothing changed. That's my point. So if you are a guy who lives in 2022, okay, right. and you had the ability or the wherewithal, uh, there'd see, be an augmentation. I, I debate that too. I debate that there's it's a It's not way my to, theory, but I hear you. I debate that also because, look, when I woke up, this morning, I knew that there are roads to travel to your home. Yes. I don't know exactly what they are yet. I know it's somewhere in that direction. I couldn't get here without my GPS on my phone yet. Okay. So perhaps we are aware that that super highway exists in, okay. a, in a traveling sense, but we don't know how to get there. Well, then that would say by definition that the other travelers from the other end can't be fucking us because there's no way to get there yet. Unless they came from there and took everything back with them. <laughs> all right, but then you get, all right, wait, now we're going to go deeper. Okay, now, if that is happening, my friend, if they took everything back with them, do they still exist on the other end when they still get there? It's like this fucking dichotomy. Like, you are we know, are we back to the future land where Biff is now president? You start talking about the back to the future, the butterfly effect, things like but that. Yeah. Where any inference, any change in, in in anything in present day could affect the fact that that person ever even existed. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. Yes. So, I would like to tell you that I believe it's a thing. I wholeheartedly believe that theory that time travel is a thing and those people are humans from the future. I feel all right. Here's a question. We're going to spin again. Elon Musk has finally thrown his hat in the ring and he's making a robot. You saw this? Uh, yes. Elon Musk two years ago or maybe three years ago goes on the Joe Rogan podcast and warns everybody that fucking time travel is a pro not a time travel. I apologize that sentient beings are like AI Will, yeah. will be an issue when they become sentient. Yeah, that's how you say it. Self-aware. Self-aware. Self -aware. That's it. You know, August 14th. S yeah, Skynet. Skynet. So that's my point. So Skynet's the thing. Yes, essentially Skynet's going to be a real thing, and I think that's probably going to happen too. For real? Oh, yeah, dude. I think the machines are going to take over. Well, then how do we explain these people 4,000 people 4,000 years in the future? If the machines take over, now that makes no sense. You lose me. I, I'm not saying we don't win the Great War, you know? The Matrix is about that, you know. <laughs> but 
What do I know? I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I'm telling you my theory, and I'm not even that smart. So, time travel. Yeah. Interesting. I have an easier time believing the time travel model than I do the the, the faster than light travel from outer space model. Well, technically, that theory, it's not so much from outer... Oh, yeah, you mean people from, like, sentient people? Yeah. Well, but, all right, there's so many other possibilities infinitely on other planets where life can exist. Right. So the theory being, someone has to have figured the shit out. You would think... Like, do you know who Bob Lazar is? No. You have no idea who Bob Lazar is? Uh, the name sounds familiar. All right, so Bob Lazar... Is a, he's fucking brain. He's beyond brain, right? And he was educated in like Ivy Leagues and blah, 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 MIT type shit like that. And then he says he got a side job, kind of hush hush off the records, not at Area 51, but a building adjacent to it, like in that complex. Okay. And he saw saucers from the future or from another planet or some shit. And they had a, like, how we or would have, again, just technology that our government has. Well, he, this is important. This is, I'm fu funny you say that. It was, he was tasked. His job was to figure out the motivation of this fucking craft. Okay, to basically reverse engineer. And they couldn't reverse engineer because he's like, it's kind of like giving a nuclear reactor to medieval times. Right. They just don't understand it enough to fucking do anything. And he said the whole thing, the whole propulsion engine in this thing, or this craft, was gravity-based. Okay. No fossil fuels, no burning, none of that. It was all harnessing gravity and... Right. Going in, like spin, and he's like, if they ever figured it out, he's like, I haven't been there in thirty years. So he got caught, kind of uncovering it, and he got shunned. And he claims, or he says that all of his background back then, his college degrees, has has all disappeared. He doesn't exist. There's no right. record of him working there, but he has the documentation of him working there. Right. And he like so he has stuff from back then because back in the eighties, if you worked somewhere, there was like a fucking. Um, a circular, if you will, or like a table of contents at the front desk that okay. have everybody's name in there. And he's in that. He's in that thing is existing. So he was there, but he's not because he was kind of uh, a whistleblower at the time. Okay. So he says if they if they figure out how to use gravity as opposed to fossil fuel, it'll change the entire planet Earth. Right. Because fossil fuel won't exist anymore. Your car will be moved by gravity. It'll right. be a completely different fucking system. So he, it was his job to reverse engineer and they, they couldn't figure it out. No, but you, you should look up Bob Lazar. It's kind of really fucking amazing, actually. He's I, I think I have heard something about this. I didn't realize that was the dude's name. But yeah. Yeah. That, again, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here spitballing about it. And, you know. Well, respectfully, I'm not, I'm not saying we're holding you to the fire. I, I, I don't have any answers about it, if I'm going to be honest. But I have my theories. Now, if that's the thing, and somewhere, somewhere out in the cosmos, they have figured out, you know, gravity-driven propulsion sure. and faster-than-light travel and, you know, shooting the ship through a wormhole and having it pop out on the other side of the galaxy. Are these things probably somewhere out there? There are infinite things out in the universe. Somewhere it's a possibility. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to come here. I'm not really sure, but... I'd like it here. <laughs> You have no basis of comparison. I know. I don't go to other planets. <laughs> but there's beauty here. And like, it, I used to go to other planets in high school. Interesting. You want to explain that one? Yeah, it's called LSD. Oh. Did you ever fuck around with DMT? No. No, I did not. Nor have I. No. I have an interest in it, though. I kind of do, and I kind of don't. I'm kind of like, I'm pretty old for that. I feel like that's a little silly. Really? Yeah. Explain. 
I don't know. I, my, my days of messing with illicit substances are probably behind me. Well, I'm, I'm not an illicit substance person, but anything that could give you an edge on what's on the other side of your existence has my attention. Would you want to know, though? Yeah, I want to know everything. That's my problem. Yeah. I want to know everything. So if your wife loves you, not your wife, and, and she treats you well and everything's great, and she had an affair five years into your marriage, and now you're 10 years into your marriage, do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah, I want to know. I got a problem. I'm not saying I'm right, but uh, I want to fucking know. That's a tough one. That's a hard question. Because if it's in you to do it, I don't need you in my life. Fair. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, so I here's here's the whole thing. Oh, this is fucking dark. <laughs> Here we go down the hole again. My first wife passed away. My second wife, I was a bad person. We broke up. My third wife, I adored this woman, and she fucking cheated on me. And I didn't know. I didn't know she cheated on me. And then somebody, I, I, I happen to know everybody everywhere. It's, it's fucked up. And people you wouldn't think I know, I know. So somebody was seen and blah, blah, blah. And I got a phone call from somebody from a very a f source that should never have called me. And even then I was like, fuck you, this didn't happen. And they're like, it did though. And so I found out. Now I miss her. I still think about her sometimes. She was my wife. I loved her, but I, I'm better off in my humble opinion, knowing and divorcing her and getting her in my life. Because at the end of the day, I couldn't trust that person. And I don't need that in my life. Were you married when it happened? Yes. Okay, you were already married. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Would you have accepted it more if you were just in the dating phase? Even if you found out if you were married? That's heavy. Well, you know what the worst part is? She was already talking to that person before we were married. Okay. So I, I, didn't, I don't know. I guess not. But it happened after as well, unfortunately. Right, right. But I don't know. I would, I'll tell you this. The answer would be, if you're dating me and you're already unsure of me at the very, very, very beginning, right. when I haven't even pissed you off yet, it's all new and everything's positive, then fuck you. I don't need you in my life. Like, Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a valid point. I think in that initial sort of you know honeymoon phase of dating when you're just sort of enamored with each other. Yeah, and if you're already fucking annoyed with me enough to cheat, yeah. then you're a cheater, I think. And like, you're not well, the person is it about me. annoyance, though? Is that what I mean, about? I can't speak on it. I don't know what her motivation was. But if you have enough vengeance in your heart to put me in that situation and make and chance making me feel so awful right there's something to that like i had an axe to grind against my second wife i did i had they weren't good reasons but i had fucking reasons and i could tell you them right now and that shit was a fucking decade ago but i could tell you <laughs> you know what i'm saying because like things went down that i did not appreciate and you make a list in your mind and right. then i got to like the third or fifth one and i was like all right i'm out fuck it i'm gonna party oh and i party they got caught oops Oops. Maybe you shouldn't have caught. I well, yeah. <laughs> unless, unless subconsciously you were trying to. No, you know what happened? I oh fuck, we're gonna tell truth on this motherfucker. <laughs> spill water. Don't spill water on shit. That is oh, just... this is bad. I did an illicit thing three times in a, in a short period of time. I broke it off because I was like, "Hey, you knew what I was in. I'm taking my thing seriously." And then that person called my person. <laughs> Oh. Oh. <laughs> now it gets deeper karmically that person that called my person years later was the one that called me about my third wife oh ain't oh. that a motherfucker oh dear. that's a motherfucker and then and since then sir she has passed away well, isn't that fucking crazy i guess she won't be calling anybody else no no but, but she's a seat a truth seeker at the end of the day and, and I, I got a lot of respect for her, the Fallen, actually. She's all right. I mean, hey, if that's how you look at it, that's more power to you, man. Like, it helped me because I was in a situation where I was blindly trusting where Because I was I trust. You're my woman. I trust you. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't doing anything. 
And I, I don't check people's phones. I'm not that person. I just don't do that. I just am not that human being. And then the whole time, right under my nose, in my house. And then I saw, what did I see? Was it a fucking TV show last night or was it a fucking... I guess it was a TV show or a movie. And the wife was like, oh, no, it was a fucking reality show. Do you know what Love After Lockup is? No, no, I do not. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I'm not big on the reality shows. Um, however, uh, they exist in my home. But you're married. On a fairly <laughs> Ask your wife about Love After so, Lockup. So without knowing what it is, I could probably take a pretty solid guess. So, and, and may have inadvertently seen it. It's so it. good. So this woman who was a prisoner, she's been home for years. They've had multiple children together. They're married. They're happy. And she just, they were having weirdness and she checked his phone and she saw one morsel. Then she cracked his fucking computer and it's like a mirror. There's hookers and all kinds of shit. And she's like, ah, like that's, that's very upsetting. You know what I mean? She's like, right. He's like, I was on that couch and he was on the love seat because there's timestamps. And she's like, he was talking to bitches. Well, I was sitting next, to sitting next to me. Like, oh, and that's what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. That chair over your left shoulder, yeah. she was sitting in that fucking chair and I was on that fucking couch. Boop, 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 boop. Motherfucker. Oh, man. That's okay. Now, I don't mean to pry into your life and tell me to fuck off if you want, but uh, how, was this uh, an isolated incident or was this going on over a period of time? Between those two people, it had gone on for a very, very long time, years at this point. Okay. It was somebody I knew. He was a musician, even worse. And here's the thing, Dave. Do you still see said person out in the scene? Yeah. And I never raised my hands and I wanted to. Okay. No, I wanted to. Like, I'm a man, right? And I, I know I'm wearing sparkly glasses and I look like half a fag. But at the end of the day, I wanted to break that guy's fucking head off his shoulders. And I, and I didn't. I really didn't. And he knows I know. He has no respect for me, which upsets me, I guess. But he's a little fearful, and I like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. If I caught one, how many were there? Because I used to be a, a pretty good cheater as a young man, okay. and I would get caught occasionally. I got caught once every 43 times or so, right? So if I caught her once, right. how many are we talking about? Because a cheater's a cheater's a cheater. It's true. So what do you want me to say? That's rough. That's rough. Ah, it's all right. No one died. No, no, no. Because after the podcast, in my giant house that we kept in the divorce, I might have, we're going to watch the fucking Eagles game with our friends and eat pizza and have wings. That's going to be a thing. It's going to be a fucking thing. And I'm not going to be sad about it. And now we're podcasting. And now we're podcasting. So life's beautiful. And I show up on this podcast like once a week now. That's a bit, well, more. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're running them. We're just running through them. So bringing it back, which do you think was worst, Milgram or Stafford? Um, I think, I think. I think the Stafford one is worse. Because there is physical violence in Stafford. They were right. like slapping him around and shit. And I'm going to touch on this, but I'm not going to get too deep into it because I only saw this for a second. And I, I just scratched the surface of this the other day. There was an artist. There's a female artist. I saw this. You saw this. It's called Motion Zero or something yes. like that. In the 70s. Yeah. and this She's is, still alive. This is some bizarre Tell shit. him. Tell him. So uh, a woman who was an artist created an art exhibit. I forget her name, and I apologize if she's out there and probably not listening. But you claim she's still alive. But anyway, uh, I believe the the exhibit was called Motion Zero. I believe that's what it was called. Something along those lines. I'm gonna look. I'm trying to look her up right now. Okay. So uh, the exhibit was just her laying motionless on a table, and all the people who came to the exhibit were offered a chance to do anything to her. 
with the items presented that were also on this table with her. Um, there was a there knife. Was, there were there were uh, you know some fairly indescript items like there was a, like a marker or like things like that, lipstick, uh, all the way up to um, the other things. There was a loaded gun, and there were uh, you know knives and razor blades on the table. <laughs> and as as the social experiment that it really was sort of goes on over this period of six hours. Um, it, it initially starts out in the first hour that everything is basically fairly harmless. Um, nothing is, you know, nothing's too overdone. Someone had written something across her chest in a marker or whatever. By like the three or four hour mark, like her clothes had been cut off. Completely. She was completely naked because yeah, she couldn't she, move, remember. Right. She had, uh, someone had, uh, slashed her in the neck with, with the something. knife. With the knife. She had, like, open wounds. Now, you're missing something. They, the people, the participants, right. split into two camps. Just get I'm it. sorry, go ahead, David. No. So, and they found by the end of this six hours that the people had split themselves, again, like we were discussing earlier, into two groups where one of the groups basically was, was just about gung-ho set on defiling this, this human being in any way possible, and the other group had aligned themselves as basically her defenders. Yes. And, you know, what does this say about human nature in the, in the grand scheme of things as, as it is with the other things we were discussing? Lord of the Flies, motherfucker. Lord of the Flies, dude. 100% that's a real thing. People, um... A lot of people in this world, unfortunately, are sad and angry and have that in them. Correct. And when given a certain area... I'm sad and angry, too. I just write music. But No, no, no. But you said the word but. You and I and all of our friends have the same coping mechanism that a huge cross-section population does not have. That's true. That's a thing. You know that's a talent. Now, it's skillful as well, and you've practiced it, and I practice it, but it came out of you naturally. Uh-huh. You're, you know what I mean? Me too. And so... My mom told me I knew I, she knew I was a singer before I knew what one was. There you go. And that's the point. So there's a cross-section population. Majority actually don't have artistic expression in them to right. come out. So now you're not... I, I'm very... I'm, I, I can't spell very well. I'm getting better as I get older. But even as a kid, like spelling bees and stuff, I just can't do it. And I'm pretty literate, and I read, and I write, and I, I speak well at times, but I've always had an issue spelling. But I could write a song in three seconds. Right. And always could. You know what I mean? And so it just, to me, it makes no sense when someone can't. Like, I have friends who are like, oh, it's so amazing you write this music. I'm like, the fuck, you write a song? It's not fucking hard. Just write now, a song. Let me ask you a question, because this has happened to me. I'm just sort of as an aside. I've had actually had people ask me, how do you write a song? It's never come up in my life. But I would share it. But the ex trying to explain it to someone who doesn't have a natural instinct to do it, such as ourselves, is very difficult. People have tried to explain it previously. They, uh, Tom Waits, you know Tom Waits is right? absolutely. Tom Waits has this great story. I'm going to hijack. I would tell you, he's in the car. I love Tom Waits, by the way. And he's driving, and he said, "Whatever that thing is, whether it's God." whether it's life, whether it's the fucking muse, whatever it is, it'll come to me. And he's like, I stopped. He's like, as a young man, if it came to me, whatever I was doing, I had to stop. 
and start writing and I'd have to record it and get it down on paper. Right. He's like, as I gotten older, I'm like in my car and I look up and I say out loud, you see that I'm driving, right? Yeah. Can you try this in an hour when I'm in front of my computer? Mm-hmm. And he said, it'll end and it'll come back in an hour. He talks to whatever it is, right? Which is the, the real, that's the reality. It's whatever, like it just comes out. I will be home alone after work doing chores and I'm cleaning and I'm vacuuming, doing dumb shit and things come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm singing, and I say where I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty nice there. And I exactly, exactly, it just comes out of you. Yeah. And unless it happens to you, you don't get it. And I get that you don't get it, and I understand that you don't get it. But at the end of the day, it's just a thing that we happen to have in our lives. It happens to me, and I, maybe you can say this happens to you as well. Um, when when that hits you, and and it just starts pouring out of you. When you get to the end of it and it's finished and you go back and look at it, there's almost like a half remembrance of actually writing some of it. Yep. Like it wasn't quite you doing it. I polished. You're like, oh, I spit that out? Yeah. Wow. I I barely remember writing that line. Yeah. And then so the way Starscream does it as a framework and everybody's different, King Sam brings in music. Paulie, King Sam, and whoever the drummer du jour is. Right. Air quotes. Right. Works out the parts. While they're doing this, I'm jamming, air quotes, over top of it. And the melody for me is harder than the words. I want, the, like we were talking about before, I'm off key a lot. Right. I want to get it just right. Once I get my melody, I use the Jim Morrison trick of sticking in words to hold the melody. You yeah. know what I mean? Words always came very easily for me, though. I don't necessarily use words, but I have, like, almost like sounds. They're not quite words. No, but that's the point. You need, yeah. you need a tone to hold it there. Right. And I get that sentence. But I'll have a framework of a song. Next week we'll jam on it again. And verses will make themselves in my head as I'm singing it. And sometimes it's so good I want to write it down. So I remember from when we record the song, right. I'll have this. You know what I mean? But it just it comes. And it's like if you turn on the water hose – it comes. That's the way it works. Like it's just, yeah. there's not much you can, you know. It, it's amused. So you, you you should explain the Tom Waits story. I like the Tom Waits story for trying to make someone understand who doesn't get it. Okay. But that, then that makes sense. those people might have a firm a firmer understanding of mathematics I don't have, or like linguistics like that I don't have. So they everybody gets it. Or I used to say this. Remember when we were a kid, you play video games. Oh yeah. You know what hit points are? Yeah. Okay. So for those of us in podcast land, oh, we're having a problem with the camera today. So we're having problems of all kinds today. It's been it's, a day. It's been a day. It's been a day. So you have More information to go. <laughs> you have a hundred points, and you can put fifty on speed and twenty on strength. Right? Yeah. I down to thirty fucking points. Well, we all get the hundred hit points. You and I got songwriting or artistic expression, and other people didn't get it. Right. But I, I wasn't that great at football. I love football. I couldn't play it. I, as eight years old, my hands weren't good. I wasn't that fast. It just wasn't in me. There were kids in my neighborhood who were fucking amazing. I wasn't one of those kids. Yeah. So everybody gets their fucking hit points, and that's what you get. Absolutely. I had an argument with a person about this maybe a year ago. Tell me. And <clears throat> this person insisted that the reason professional athletes are professional athletes is only because they worked harder. Oh, no way. And I tried to explain this as best I could. But no, that's absolutely true. These people were, the day they were born, God reached into their crib and turned your right arm into a flight throw. And that's my point. Like, <laughs> you're, you're 100%, I agree. When you're eight years old and we're yeah. all playing Pee Wee and Little League and all that right. shit, 
certain kids have aptitude that just came out of them. Yes. Now, if, if, if a coach is smart enough to see the kid with the rocket right arm, yeah. he's now going to coddle that kid and train yeah. that kid and guide that kid. They don't work harder. They're just like Boomer, Boomer Siason, right? Went to fucking grade school with Anthony Cumia from the Opie and Anthony show. Okay. One becomes a huge, famous shock jock comedian and yeah. the other becomes a fucking Hall of Famer football player, right? They were fucking nine or 10 years old squaring up in the fucking schoolyard and Anthony went and he hit Boomer right in the fucking head. He's like, that fucking kid's head was so big. My <laughs> right hand arm turned to fucking dust. Yeah. He's like, I broke my arm hitting him in the fucking head. He's like, this kid was an athlete from the moment he was fucking born. 100%. I was there. Yeah. And of course he goes to the NFL and he becomes in. And now they're both famous and they ran into each other in their forties. Like, Oh my God, how are you doing? Yeah. And they laughed, they hung out, they had a beer and that was nice at some fucking event. But like you said, it, it, it working hard. No, no. no. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm sure that to reach that level, yes, you have incorporated hard work. As There's well. a lot of fucking touch by God involved with that. Yeah, you started on a whole different level, dude. Like, dude, I, I, I was an awkward kid. I grew too fast. I had knee issues. So then I had knee issues. That was it. I couldn't run. Like yeah. I didn't have an option. It wasn't a thing. It was physical. Right. But then there were kids who were just fucking amazing. Then the best basketball player in my grade school, the height thing didn't happen. Like when we were 12, he was sinking threes. He yeah. was sinking twos. He was a perfect shooter. Right. You go to high school and I look around. He's a fucking midget. And I was like, what five, happened? Five, what happened to you, kid? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, he didn't grow. Yeah. So that's it. No fucking basketball career for him. Right. Yeah. They don't work harder. I mean, I'm not saying they don't train and prepare. No, it's not. Dude, look at fucking Bo Jackson. Like, what the fuck? That's touched by God. Yeah, that's that's a freak of nature right there. And, it was an, and he's a great guy. I love him, but he's not fucking us. You know what I mean? Of course, he's not going to write fucking a Hellbound either. There's a dude. There's a chunk. Thank you. For I that. love that song. That, was, that might be my favorite. That was the first song we wrote. It's so good. Actually, I wrote that before I was technically in the band. Every time you play, you wouldn't have noticed this, I record that song. Nice. I have 15 versions of Hellbound. Nice. Do that. Hellbound. It gets in my fucking head. Oh, it's a great hook. It's just a great hook. Solid, dude. It is. Solid. No, there's a guy that plays for uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Who? Uh, it's an offensive lineman. His name's Tristan Wirfs. Okay. Um, if you want to talk about the touched by God, this dude is, uh, I think he's 6'8", 6'9", 340 pounds, and he's running a sub five second 40 no he's not has like a 34 35 inch vertical lead now the wrinkle that your friend was talking about in that argument is once you're touched by god now you have to work yeah that's the thing because there are people with and, that athletic and acumen. i don't deny that there are people there are professional athletes that have put the work in most definitely ten thousand hours harder than other people yes that's cool yes but at the same time, you started on a whole different level. Well, they, but here's the thing. They don't work harder than other people. They don't have anything else to do. They don't have a day job. They're right. not feeding their kids. With it. This is it. Football's it. Yes. Or baseball's it. Like, this is the gig. So, think about... Fuck that. Think about in the arc of your life, how many hours of band practice you've been to in the arc of your life. Thousands. Thousands. 10,000 hours at least. So, for you to be excellent at something, you got to put your 10,000 hours in. That's what they say for a yeah. human being, right? I surpassed that years ago. Yeah. Years ago. So did you. Yep. That's the gig. So our bands... I still don't feel like I'm excellent at it. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking confident. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, 
it, it, this it sounds arrogant, but when you do something for a long time, I feel very like you could put Starscream and fuck it, you could put Pistol Razor on a touring national stage, and the audience will never know that we were local bands last weekend. They would never fucking see a difference. Probably ever. Not. Ever. Not. I can drive the car. You can drive the car. So you put us on stage. Like, it's just, they're just people. And it's just, okay, presented differently to a crowd. We played in front of thousands of people in Europe. Thousands. So, so let me ask you this, not to interrupt you, but how much of that, how much of you and I driving the car is any different than being the experimenter? Aren't we doing the same thing? No. Aren't we steering people towards a decision? No. You don't no. think? No. I think that's a lot of similarities. I disagree, but tell me. I'll listen. Oh, I'm just saying. It's, it's, it's a will of people to want to be part of a thing that we said. And as audience members, that's what you are. All right, there's a there's a problem with it though. If I go to a Hanson concert, Hanson can play, Hanson can sing. I've been to a Hanson concert. I take a girl, right? And I was like, oh, they're good, not for me, but I understand that they're good. Right. But someone on the level of Freddie Mercury, which yeah. is a loaded thing for us, it is. It is. It doesn't matter who you are. You're like it factor is real. Right. There's a charisma to it, and charisma is not part of that experiment in any capacity. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's yeah. a it's like there's David Lee Roth, and I know you're not a and Dave, I know you're not a Roth guy, but David Lee Roth was charismatic. I heard an interview, um, Dokken, right? You know Dokken is yeah, Jim, uh, Lynch, the guitar player. In the 70s, I'm sure you know this story. You don't like Kiss either. Kiss came to see George Lynch's band play. And they opened up for fucking Van Halen and Van Halen blew them off the stage. And then all of a sudden, Kiss was fucking making demos for Van Halen, right? Yeah. Well, Lynch said, hey, man, we weren't bad. We were a good band, but we didn't have David Lee Roth. Right. That's what he said. He didn't say that they had Eddie because Eddie is amazing. Roth, from the beginning, had the same thing you have, the same thing I have, and someone like Freddie has in, in spades. Yeah. You either want to watch this person or you don't. Like Marilyn Monroe, not a good actress. But when she walked on the screen, the even if you're a man or a woman, you gotta watch her. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the experiment. I disagree, sir. No. We have a fucking um, a skill set that majority of the population does not have. You get nervous before you go on stage. I happen not to. But when you're on stage, you're not nervous. No. And that, that's the skill set. Because the audience would be like, oh, no, 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 no. dude, I've had drum heads break. I've had pedals break, guitar amps throw up. I don't stop my shtick. Boozy, boozy, bop. This is the Vex show. It's Star Scream. And how you doing? That's the gig. It is the gig. That's, and so that thing that you do have, and I do have, is not from an experiment. It's a skill set. I disagree. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay. Okay, but I, I guess what I'm getting at more is, I guess from an audience standpoint, where a person like that, whether or not they have that charisma, or that perhaps it is something different from an experiment to a live performance with someone like that. It, to me, there's, there's some correlation in being led down a path to something that maybe you wouldn't normally do. Do you find that you're susceptible to that? Because I'm not. No, I don't know. I know I'm not. No. As it's just, I can, like, I saw the Hanson show, and I'm watching his go, ah, 
Hanson, but they weren't extraordinary. Had they been extraordinary, I would have left going, hey, Hanson's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And I would have been going, eh. But, you know, Queen was extraordinary. Yeah. And like certain, uh, me and Johnny Max saw fucking Rage Against the Machine. Brigades of Rage Against the Machine when Bulls on Parade was the fucking single, and they were fucking exemplary. We like, should call Johnny Mac and ask him about this. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. I don't know. Another, another time. <laughs> he's a very busy man, I hear. He is. I hear he's exceedingly busy. Busier today than yesterday. No, he, no, no, about the same business. No, it's split. No, okay. You're right. Yes, sir. Ah. <laughs> He was equally busy, <laughs> super busy. Uh, so I, again, I don't, I don't know. I, I just find it weird that there's this, this innate obedience thing as part of human nature. It fascinates. It's not innate uh, in the black population, for instance. They're pretty anti. They don't like police. Um, it's weird. I'm on the dating apps, right? There's a lot of even white women who are like. All cops are bad, ACAB. I have a few cops in my life that I fucking love. Like, I love these people. They're great fucking people. I personally like that the cops exist. I'm not going to lie. It's, I don't know. Some people don't. I'm not getting political. I just, I'm glad there's a police in fucking place because I understand that I'd be weaponry a lot more if there was not. Oh, uh, so if you want to get on that topic, but that's sort of, that, that sort of, you can, you can segue that into, again, what we've been talking about. Sure. How thin is the thread that our society really hangs on? You know when I found out there was how thin it was. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. Remember Hurricane Sandy? Yep. Okay. There was a huge gas shortage. Okay, in Long Island, right? Day one, everybody goes down. Oh man, go ahead, you go in front, you get your gasoline, right? Yes. By day three, get the fuck away from me. That's my fucking gas. Yep. So you're about a week out. Without all of the comforts of home and all of the food at the grocery store, you're about five to seven days out from all hell breaking loose. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people get desperate. This is a nice house we have to be sitting in. So if shit hits the fan, I would come here and loot because there's some shit here you can fucking loot. If right. you were inclined to do so, I'm not, don't come do that. I got some guns. But I'm just saying, I get it. I get it. Like, I, I say five to seven days. How many days do you say? Less. Really? Depending on depending on the on the shortage of of what necessities you're talking about. Okay. Gas, yeah, I would take five to seven. Days. Okay, but I meant food and and housing and water and like shit like food, that. Food, housing, and water, three to four. Okay. I think people would lose their mind, at least in America and most of the civilized world. If you lost internet service, I think it would take two weeks before everybody went crazy. I, all right, number one. At this point. You're a hundred fucking percent wrong. Because the word everybody, no fucking way. If the internet went down for two weeks, I had a license before the internet was a thing. I'm fine. So what am I? A third of the population? Right. Maybe half. Half the population wouldn't even blink i mean it would suck okay but I'm, i could still i know how to use a map i could get to media from here you understand what i'm saying how like how many people don't not my poll no 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 because i don't know how to be a physician i didn't finish law school so how many people don't it's on you your preparation right in this life if if we lost dinner tomorrow not a great deal of shit would change for me there's still phones. If your roof leaks, you can still fucking call me. I'll still fix it. You're going to give me cash. I'll be fine. 
I'll be fine. Now, but we're getting close to the end, so I'm going to ask you a question. Shoot. If the zombie apocalypse, air quotes, I don't believe that shit. If it happens tomorrow, tomorrow, today's Sunday, tomorrow it happens, where do you go? What do you do? So, as much as I hate to say it, because it's been a strained relationship and haven't spoken sometime, I'd probably go to my father's house. All right. That's your answer. Mm -hmm. Only for the fact that he's like borderline prepper. I, my friend, have two fucking uh, causes of action. We live near the Philadelphia Navy Yard. Yes. I'm getting a battleship. They ain't swimming. Going. Gone. That's A. If I can't get to a battleship yet, and I will get to a battleship, and there's dozens, hundreds probably, in the Navy Yard. I'm getting a boat. I'm getting a boat. I'm getting out. That's A. B, I have ladders. I am going to go on a fucking building so fucking tall and put my camper there and my fucking shit and pull my ladder up, and I'm sleeping fine. You're not getting up. You're just not getting up there. And then I'll drop my ladder back down. I'm not going to do my life. Fight, fighting and shit. Like, the dude, the Navy Yard's this fucking answer. That's the, in my opinion. That's strong. That's strong, though. I accept that your reasoning. That's, that's <laughs> But the borderline prepper's pretty good. Like, he's prepared. Yeah, uh, there's there's a there's a large quantity of uh, supplies and weapons and ammunition. And that's a big deal. These are all the things you want, frankly right. speaking. Yeah, I don't have any preppers in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you could kill animals and, and skin them and eat them? If you had to, yeah, if I had to, yes, um, I think I could. Say. I, I don't. I don't want to. I generally don't choose to. Now, now this is not a. I'm not like the anti-hunter guy. Oh no, I eat meat every day, bro. If that's what you're into, you do you, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Here's my thing. I've been hunting before. I went one time. Okay. And here's what I don't like about it, and it has very little to do with the fucking animal. The coldness. It's cold. It's early. Yep. And people frown upon you doing it drunk. <laughs> in, 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 until recently in my life, these are three big strikes against me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, no. You go catch whatever you want to catch. Bring it back. I'll cook it because I love to cook. I'm a big fan. I didn't know. We're going to talk about that sometime. I'm a big fan of cooking. We have, we're we're going to bring a chef on very soon. Spectacular. I'm excited about this kid, time. this gentleman named Joe that I went to high school with, and we reconnected very recently on Facebook. Nice. I haven't seen him in fucking 28 years. 20 we should bring two chefs on and watch them fight it out. Well, no, they'll bicker with each other because that's what chefs do. It's My friend Joe is really, really into Native American cuisine. I didn't even know that that was a thing, and that's that's what he's upset about. He's like, "My God, like people should know." There was like a myriad of like preparation and food and recipes. Yeah, and so. I don't doubt that that's a thing, but it just. You know, it's not a... It's not your thing. Oh, dude, I'll give it a try. No, I'm you just know? saying. I'm not saying you're going to try. I didn't even realize that there was a food culture in the Native American world. It's a thing. It is a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what time it is? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 155 of the Vex on Vex podcast. I thank you, Dave, for your time today. Thank you. Go birds, go Phil. Go birds. Ah, Phil's. Ah, <laughs> The Vex and Vex podcast is available on the Podbean application on your phone under the Loud and Loaded Network. This is episode number 155. This is VexX telling you to stay frosty. You good? Yes, sir. See ya.